What's up, everybody? And we're back. This is the Inside Trip. I'm Brandon Olinger, alongside my partner in crime, Ben Watson. What up, what up, what up? What's up, Ben? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. This has just been a fun week, and we've just been having a good time here chatting a little bit. So why don't we lay it down on a... Uh... On uh, you know, the podcast. I'm down with that. Dude, we are three weeks deep into this. Who would have thought we would have made three podcast episodes? Well, we're, we've made two. This is the third one. I'm not sure we're going to make it. All right. Yeah, cut me some slack. Um, all right. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started, man. How you been? What's new I'm, in your world? I'm good. I'm a little upset at you right now. I feel like um, I have to air some grievances. You've heard of Festivus. It's you know it's Christmas time right. This is our last podcast before Christmas, and you've heard of Festivus, the airing the airing of the grievances on Seinfeld. Well, I have a couple of grievances I need to air with you. Where is this going? Um, yeah, well you'll you'll find out here in a minute. So all you know, all of our listeners know from the first episode that we have a fantasy wrestling league with a bunch of local coaches, and in that fantasy wrestling league, I drafted four Penn State wrestlers, and they were supposed to wrestle at the Reno Tournament of Champions this weekend. And someone told me that you got them stranded in uh, the Denver airport so you could then take the lead. I don't even think they made it to the Denver airport, Ben. You're right. But that's – see, you know. <laughs> see, you know you have some inside information. No, I had nothing to do with this. I wish I had that much power, but I will say um, I'm sp- can speak for everybody else in the league. I bet they are all just as happy as I am because uh, we needed that little help since you were running away in the points. Yeah, I was going to say who was in first place until now. Now my four heavy hitters are going to be sitting the bench for the next couple uh, weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. I had to sneeze there. And also, uh, you know, I want to give a um, – some condolences to Campbell Wrestling as well. I heard they're stuck in the Denver airport. Um, that's yeah, they, unfortunate. They didn't make it. Yeah, that kind of that puts a damper on the Reno Tournament of Champions. It, it was supposed to be a pretty decent tournament. Yeah, it did. I mean, it, I guess I was a little surprised or maybe upset, you know, when you find out that Oklahoma State wasn't sending their starters, which I don't think they normally do. Um, Arizona State may or may not have been in it, but I don't think if they were, I don't think they were sending their starters. Um, there was a couple of other big teams in there as well that weren't sending their starters. Man, so how this... many calls did you make to kind of uh, ruin everybody else's fantasy week? <laughs> Shut up. Seriously. <laughs> you know, but uh, I guess it kind of, I don't know, took the excitement out of the tournament for me. Um, obviously, Penn State not making it is a huge blow to that tournament, but my understanding is, is Penn State now will not compete until January 6th, which I think is the Michigan or the Minnesota duel. Yeah, great. Thanks for that one. All right, I'm, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm sure you recall from last week, we uh, in our last week's podcast, we talked about uh, Logan Stever going overseas to Budapest and winning that World Championship gold medal. Um, that was pretty neat that he won that, right? It was, it was, yeah, absolutely, good for him. Um, but I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to Twitter or anything lately this week, but the big thing was um, he comes back from Budapest I don't even think he's off the plane for an hour. Um, His girlfriend picks him up. They go out to eat, and he leaves his bag in the front seat of her car, and somebody decides to smash the window open um, and in turn steals his bag that not only has his iPad and passport, but his championship belt and championship medal. What type of numbskull would do that? First off, like, don't steal, right? I mean, don't steal from other people. But two, 
What do you think that guy thought when he opened that bag and saw a world gold medal and a championship belt um, with the name Logan Stever on it, you know? Right. So Twitter goes crazy about this. They get this uh, this hashtag trending, return for Logan or something like that. Um, but he eventually, he gets his stuff back. I mean... That's crazy. Not the iPad and stuff, but he gets his belt and his metal back. The funny thing was I've got a pretty new iPad sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> no, it's, I didn't do that. So I keep thinking of this story and hearing about this story, and I, I keep going to this thought. It's like, Logan, man, what's up, dude? You just won a championship belt and a gold medal. Why are you leaving that in your girlfriend's car? Why are you not wearing this stuff when you're out to dinner? He should be wearing that belt out to dinner. You need to be wearing like that belt. Hulk yes. I mean... <laughs> No joke. I'm pretty sure I took fourth place at a JV tournament my freshman year, and I'm pretty sure I wore my fourth place medal to school the next week. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why you got beat up. So shame on you, Logan, for leaving that belt in the car. No, but I'm glad that he got it. Yeah, I am too. And isn't that amazing about the wrestling community? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it says a lot. On the freaking news in Columbus, and this thief, like this guy that literally has no morals. <laughs> Even a guy with no morals brought it back. Like, you know what? I did kind of screw up here. Have it back. I am curious. I wonder if we'll ever get to find out who actually took it and what the story was behind that. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, let's move on. All right. So a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world this week, Um, and some of it not even you know specific to matches. Yeah. Let's see. We've had uh, for those that haven't heard, um, Connor Schramm, All American at 125 pounds last year for Stanford, um, decides he has had enough of 125 and he's moved up to the 133-pound weight class. Can you blame him? Can, I mean, a grown man shouldn't weigh 125 pounds. <laughs> Trust me. I remember the pull it took. You know, I'm, I'm glad that he's moving up, and I think it's just going to improve his performance. I think he took a an awkward loss, and, and, and I think that was the last straw. Well, I know he's had multiple losses at this weight class. Um, most notably, obviously, his loss to Suriano, where he was shut out, I think, um, three to nothing. Um, and then he, he, I don't think he had his best day at the Cliff Keen. Um, don't know if it's the weight cut. If that's what it is, I'm not sure. Um, but in any regards, he's made that bump up to 133. I think he slotted in in the rankings this week on Intermat at number 15 at 133 pounds. Which I, I'm going to tell you, Ben. It to me, this makes 133 really, really interesting. Um, I think it's already becoming one of the very deep weight classes right now, and to add another All American into that mix is really going to shake things up. Yeah, I think it's. You're right. He slotted in at 15, and I think it does certainly affect the landscape of 133. But you know, I'm going to be a little cautious about his move until I see him compete at a higher weight class. I, I I can't imagine that the reason why he, you know, I can't imagine that he bumped up because I think the cut was too hard for him to 125, and I think that was what was affecting his earlier wrestling. Makes sense. But, you know, he slotted in, and 133 isn't a particularly deep weight class, and when I say that, I say that because it's top-heavy, and then it's a bunch of unproven people. You know, you have your top guys, but then you have your, you know, Seth Gross's, Dom Foreys, Steve uh Michik, Jaden Ironman type guys. You know, guys that haven't all American yet, but we know are good wrestlers. Sure. So, yes, it does definitely affect the 133 pound landscape, certainly, but I think to be determined, I guess for me, um, 
what what type of effect he's going to have on that landscape. Right. I find it rather interesting because um, I don't. I'm pretty sure this is the case, and I, I should have checked this before we started recording. But um, I'm pretty sure Shram actually wrestled 133 his freshman year before making the drop to 125 last year, where he in turns, you know, he he gets that All American. Um, uh, albeit, I think it was a look, seventh or eighth. I think. Um, y- yes, it was. It was a. It was an eighth place finish. He lost to Milhoff for seventh and eighth. Um, but I'll tell you what. You know, y- you say that you know 133 might not be as deep and that it is top heavy. And yeah, I-, I agree that it's top heavy. But looking at this weight class, you've got Corey Clark, who's a two-time finalist. Nathan Tomasello, who's been a national champ. He's taken third. Zane Richards has gotten on the podium. Montoya's gotten on the pro podium. Um, and Montoya looks good right now. I'll tell you what, he's I've watched him wrestle a couple of duels. Sorry to interrupt no. there, but he's looked really good. Yeah, he has. He's, he's looked really well and, and more consistent this year than he was last year on his way to getting that All-American finish. You know where Montoya's from? Um, well, I mean, he wrestles for Nebraska. Why don't he's you? from New Mexico, where I was born. That's, that's it's remarkable. It's the land of enchantment. <laughs> Did you know that? Where great wrestlers are made every day. Yeah, that's where I'm from. The land of enchantment. But anyway, so, you know, after that, you've got a guy like Earl Hall, who's ranked 10th, who's been a two-time All-American. You're throwing Connor Schramm in there. Um, you've got, and we're going to touch more on this guy later when we talk about the big duel this weekend, but you, Cade Brock looks like he's ready to win a oh title right now. Good. He's looking it's great. Scary. Like, really good. But I want to go to Corey Clark, because you just mentioned him as yep. the number one seed, but... As the number ranked number one. Or number one, one ranked wrestler, but right. where is he, Brandon? Well, I mean, he's been out. He's been hurt. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, he got hurt a few weeks ago, assuming it was in practice. Um, he was scheduled to wrestle um, Seth Gross at the South Dakota State duel. He did not wrestle in that duel. He has not wrestled since. Um, I think it, it, it's funny if you listen, if you read message boards and then listen to the interviews of the the brands. Um, the brands are stating that he's day to day. Um, a lot of people on the message boards are stating he's out for the, you know, that it's that it's that serious that he would be yeah. out for the year if it was any other year other than his senior year. Um, but I think that's definitely going to make things interesting. Um, I, I was listening to to Mark Ironside recently, and he said that they were. I think that what he used was they were being aggressive um, in their approach to rehab, but cautious in their approach to to coming back. So um, could he maybe be out for the year? I don't think so. Everything that I've just read, and obviously, you know, we're nobodies. We don't have any inside information. But everything that I have read and put together basically states that if he had to wrestle right now, he could. But there's really no need to wrestle him right now. And yeah, I wanted I wanted to touch on Corey Clark, and I think I think I know you did too. So I thought that was a good segue into that. Perfect. Yeah. So Connor Shram's bumping up, and uh, Corey Clark. We don't know what's going on. We hope he gets healthy because I tell you what, I want to see a Corey Clark Nathan Tomasello finals. Um, at the NCAAs, or you know, or yeah, hey, how about big tens? big tens, or how about the duel? The duel at any point in time. That I, think, would be fun. I think that's a match everybody's looking forward yeah. to, to to watching. Um, I think there was another um, injury that uh, kind of intrigued me, and it was Willie Mickless at 184 from Missouri. Yeah, two-time All-American out of Missouri at 184 pounds. Um, they just announced he's done for the year. Um, it, it, and that one kind of took me by surprise. He had been out for about six weeks, hadn't wrestled, then suddenly he came back and wrestled in a duel last weekend. Won the match three to one, and then they announced that he's done for the year. Are we sure that that wasn't a misstatement by Intermat? I was wondering that after the day. It was like because I, you know, it did show against Ohio that he wrestled, and then yeah, my guess is that well, I don't know, I don't know if he wrestled in that duel or not. I think they might have accidentally put his name in there. Uh, I know it has his name on the Intermat, 
um, site. Look it up. Look it up. No, I know he does, but I just I'm not sure if that wasn't a misstatement. Either way, I don't I think, think it was. I think he did it. wrestle that. I mean, it's in track wrestling. Okay. It's on Intermat. Um, I mean, I guess if you believe everything you read on the internet, then it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one took me by surprise. I was not, you know, after re- winning that match or wrestling in that match this past weekend, as track wrestling said he did, um, and then to. To, to then suddenly be, you know, announced that he's done for this season. That one did surprise me. And that's too bad, you know, because you don't want... Look, 184 is a treat for people this year. If you don't realize it, go watch it. And you know what? Maybe it's a race for second place, which is fine. Maybe. But it is still a treat. When you've got guys like Willie Mickless and Nate Jackson ranked out... And J- Jack Deckow ranked outside the top 10 on by Intermat. All three all, All-Americans. All three return All-Americans. Willie Mickless only a two-time... Right, right. That's crazy. When you got Miles Martin ranked fifth, you know, when he's a returning final, a returning, excuse me, national champ. I apologize about that. Um, this is a great, this is a great weight class. So too bad for Willie Nicholas. Um, you know, and uh, it makes weight class a little easier, but at the same time, I still think it's pretty darn tough. Yeah, I mean, I, in my opinion, it's still the deepest weight class there is. Um, hopefully, whatever his injury is, I hope he recovers from it, comes back strong next year. Um, he's been a guy that I love watching, especially come uh, March at NCAAs. Um, hence the two-time All-American finish uh, finishes. Um, one as a freshman, one as a sophomore. Um, you know, he, he was actually on track to becoming a four-time All-American. Um, so best of luck to him in that. Um, and speaking of other injuries, I mean, it, it's really been a bad week for this. 157 is the 157 pound oh, weight class is man. taking a hit this week. Um, times two. Times two. That's right. North Carolina State's Max Roscoff. He's actually an Ohio native. Yeah, um, I had him on my fantasy team. That's too bad. <laughs> it, it actually is too bad. Um, but they announced that he was out for the season. Um, and then on top of that, Richie Lewis from Rutgers. Um, who was looking really good this year? Um, wrestled in the All Star met um, in the All Star meet. Um, Roscoff did too. They did not wrestle each other. Um, but it's been announced that he's done for the year too. So that weight class is definitely taking a hit. And that's definitely too bad. I tell you what, you know, obviously it's too bad for Roscoff because I think he's a senior, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to get some eligibility left. Um, and he, here's a guy that, you know, there was a great article written about him and about um, you know where he came from. Mm-hmm. I forget who wrote it. It might have been the Matt. Uh, go go read that article because you'll gain a lot of respect for Max Roxkoff. Um But unfortunately about Richie Lewis too because he was having a pretty nice season. And he was one of those guys that I think that might have been able to sneak on that podium. Well, and that's the thing. I think 157 is a weight class where, look, it's obviously dominated by Jason Nolf. But after that, you know, you've got All-Americans JoJo Smith and Dylan Palacio. Both of them, well, Palacio will not be wrestling until this this next week. He's now eligible to wrestle this next yep. week. JoJo Smith just came back this weekend. He's um, He's been injured all year. But after that, there's quite a drop-off after that. It's wide, wide open. open. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, losing two guys in that weight class is really going to shake things up a bit. And... I'm curious. I mean, I'm I'm a little curious to see. Do you think we see anybody come up from 49 or down from 65? Oh man, I would have to really look at the rankings. Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. To me, it wouldn't not make sense because I think 65. Well, they're both 65 is pretty top heavy. It is right. 65 yeah. is pretty top heavy. I agree. And 57 isn't top heavy. Minus, you know, minus Nolf. It's not really that top heavy. Palacio has shown, you know, moments of brilliance. Yeah, I think he took fourth last year. Yeah, but he's also shown that he can be beaten. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Joe Smith has shown some nice moments, but at the same time, he's shown he can be beaten. So I think that you certainly could see someone from from 65 dropping down if they've been inserted there. If they've been inserted, right. Or for 49 coming up. 
you know, it's it's tough to decide. It's tough to make the determination right now, but you know, maybe in a couple of weeks we'll be able to talk about some moving it because you're right. It's a great question. Yeah, I think maybe we'll know more after the next, the you know, the next few weeks. We got the big tournaments coming up, Midlands and the Southern Scuffle, and usually after that's when some things start shaking out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the, what, how that plays out in that weight class. Um, and speaking of additions or, you know, subtractions or whatever you want to call it, um, David McFadden from Virginia Tech is back on the mat. He was back on the mat this weekend at the Cleveland State Open. Yeah, I heard he wrestled. Yeah, he wrestled and he wrestled well. Um, won the weight class, had a couple of Tech falls. Um, now this is the pen. guy from Virginia Tech, right? Guy from Virginia Tech who was an All-American last year as a freshman. I think he took six. That was one's- that a true freshman? Um, I do believe it was. Wow. I think. Don't quote. Actually, don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm going to quote you on that 100% for sure. You know, we, we, have, we have the all this technology sitting in front of us. These computers, you'd think we'd just look it up. But anyways, no. So David McFadden, he, uh, I think he won the Cleveland State Open, which I don't think is a surprise. I think the more exciting thing um, is the fact that he's on the mat. Yeah, I think right? that's great. He had he had a surgery. He had an injury last year. I think he sustained that injury at the NCAA tournament. Um, he just and then had surgery afterwards, and he was recovering for that. It was actually announced. I thought that he was going to redshirt this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's looking like there may be a chance we see him competing back for the team here shortly. Well, here's what I heard. I heard that he potentially was going to redshirt because Virginia Tech was going to take. Virginia Tech was going to redshirt a couple of their other guys. Mm-hmm. But when they realized, you know what, we're not going to redshirt our other guys, they got David McFadden mm-hmm. back and ready to go, uh, you know, returning sixth-place finisher as a freshman last year yep. in the country. And he's going to be a hammer. Wonder what weight he's going to go. You know, I think that he wrestled 165 at the Cleveland State Open. He did. But he is cert. He did cert at 157. He at 57. I'm almost question. positive that he did cert at 157. Well, that's going to be interesting because you got some other guys there. Um It'll be interesting to see what their lineup shakeup is. You know? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think so. Um, because I think he dictates it, right? Like he, like nobody at that, nobody at fifty-seven or sixty-five is going to dictate where he goes. He can choose right. to go fifty-seven if he wants to go fifty-seven. If the coaches are okay with it, right? I, like I think he's the best wrestler. There. Right. I know. I agree with you. Um, and on top of that, you know, they've got Solomon Shisko, who's wrestling one hundred and forty-nine right now. Um, he was an All-American last year at 141. Sure. He looks a little small at 49 to me. He does, and you know, I think there's been some observations that he's struggling dealing with the bigger kids at 149, the stronger guys. I think it's kind of showed in his results a little bit. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, he also certified at 141 pounds. So did he really? He, he did. And, okay. and I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, that... Uh, Mastriani, who I think has been wrestling 157 for them, also certified at 149. And now he uh, wrestled 57 last year. Did he wrestle 57? Now I'm going in a tangent to where we don't need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Then this is what happens. And this is what happens on the inside trip. Yeah, I'm not sure what weight class. I don't remember what weight class he wrestled last year. But my understanding is that he has certified at 149. Shishko has certified at 141, even though they've both been wrestling up. And so McFadden what happens to Guff, Guff did, the stunt? Gustafson, right? Gustafson. Gustafson. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, from what we've been told, what we read around, um, you know, just on the message boards, that he did certify at 133 as well. Mm. So you I think, think Joey Dance will keep a spot at 25. I, I, I'm pretty sure Joey Dance is okay at 125 pounds. So I cut down there. Um, interesting stuff going on there. I can't wait to see McFadden back on the mat. Um, I, I would. 
I would like to see him make that drop to 57. That's wishful thinking on my part. But if he stays at 165, it's only going to make that weight class that much more exciting. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that makes Virginia Tech a hell of a team. It do, they're all, Dresser's putting together a hell of a team right now. They That's do a trophy so looking well. team right They now. do so well. Sometimes I don't think they get all the credit they deserve, but they do very well. I mean, you've got an All-American at 25. They would have beat all- Iowa last year in a duel. You think so? I'm, and there's the one time where I interrupted you. It's Guys, okay. I'm trying not to interrupt Brandon as much. We've got some constructive feedback about that. Do you remember that that uh, crap talking they had between Dresser and... Yeah, uh, I do remember that. I think they would have beat him. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I apologize about interrupting, but I really wanted to put that out there. I like Virginia Tech. I do too. Um, I, I think Dresser does. A, he's done a really good job with that program, basically building it up from nothing. So big things coming. Uh, can't wait to see McFadden back on the map. Speaking of the Cleveland State Open, we actually had two Ohio State guys make the trip up there. Two of their starters make the trip up there to get some matches in. Pletcher, uh, Luke Pletcher at 141 pounds took the trip, and so did Jake Ryan at 157 pounds. What do you think about them taking that trip up there? Because they had to wrestle today, you know. Um, we're recording on Sunday. They had to wrestle today. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I think Pletcher went up there, you know, to get some more matches at 141. Mm-hmm. You know, not only, and, you know, I'll call it, I'll say it like a season, not only to get more matches up a weight class, but two, to build his results to the point where the Big Ten can get a spot. Right. He has to. I mean, yeah. there was, he had no choice but to do that. So, how does that work, real quick, Brandon? Like, you know, there's allocations. It, it, we don't have to get too in depth, but there's allocations that each. Um, conference gets Correct. for weight classes. Right. And Pletcher needs enough wins or matches at 141 Correct. to help get an allocation there. So it actually helps the Big Ten. It doesn't just help him, but it helps everybody. Right. And, and unfortunately, once he made that move up to 141 pounds, all of his results at 131 pounds don't count towards 133 that. 133 pounds. I'm sorry, 133 pounds do not count towards those allocation criteria. Um, so he had to make that trip up there to get those matches in. Um, makes total sense. He made it to the finals before defaulting. Um, actually, he didn't even step on the mat. Um, forfeiting to the finals to Brent Moore from Virginia Tech makes perfect sense to me. Well, I think that's interesting. But before we get into that debate, I'd like to go back because he did have a nice win over Tyler Small from Bucknell, yeah. who's ranked 18th by Intermat and 16th by Flow, and he beat him um, seven to five. So, you know, we've got Pletcher now winning mm-hmm. against ranked opponents. I, I'm, I think we're going to see him in the rankings next week. You think so? Well, he just beat a ranked guy. Yeah. And he beat Sinan, who was a MAC champ, two-time NCAA qualifier. You know, and, I mean, look at the pedigree on the guy. So I think we're going to see him in the rankings next week. So we're going to have a Buckeye ranked again. And, you know, although I think it's a drop-off from Hayes, you know, we got a guy that we got a guy that can wrestle there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he debuts at the rankings or in the rankings, and if so, at what spot. I'm still a little kind of torn on that right now. Um, but anyway, I totally understand why Pletcher made the trip up there. He had to get those matches in. He needs to get those um, statistics or whatever to qualify for that allocation criteria. Um, and then going forward, you know, he he forfeited to Brent Moore from Virginia Tech in the finals. That made total sense to me. That really. Nothing to prove in that match. He he got three wins, and that's what he needed. He needed some wins. No, I he had disagree to get, with you, Brandon. He had to get ready for the Northwestern. What, what, what do you disagree? I, I don't understand why he, he um, forfeited to Brent Moore. Okay, so you know, based on some information that I received, he, he's lost to Brent Moore before. Why would you forfeit in your finals match? I, I just don't see 
how it would have benefited him in any way. To get another nice win against a highly touted recruit. Right. Um, I, I think they went up there. They were able to accomplish what they set out to do. They got him three more matches, three more wins. Be done. No sense in risking injury. Oh, um, come on. He, risking then don't wrestle else. at all. Then don't wrestle at all if you don't want to be worried about risking injury, Brandon. Uh, I, we're going to have to agree to disagree on well, this let's one. Let's agree to disagree because I think that, you know, I'm a huge Buckeye fan. But we've seen this from Tom Ryan before. And, you know, I can't help but in the back of my mind think that he's protecting the fact that maybe he loses to Brent Moore and that hurts his seed. Maybe. And, and, and you know what? As a head coach, that's definitely uh, that, that's his business to do that. That's why he's there. He's there to, you know, to obviously protect the best interests of his guys. Um, and if he felt that it was in the best interest of Luke Pletcher not to wrestle that match, to get out of there, get ready for the Northwestern duel, then so be it. I mean, he's earned that right. I mean, you got to put him on the mat, make him mentally tough, and have him get out there and get a good match. Okay, now I know it wouldn't count against the determination for a spot for, you know, another allocation spot at Big Tens, but... Let me ask you, is Brent Moore ranked? No, no. Is, no. Is, is, he's, he's red-shirting. He's red-shirting, he's right. Red-shirting. He's red-shirting. So there is nothing about that win that would have stood out on his resume to say, oh, by the way, he beat Brent Moore. It's nothing. It's not like he was going up a guy ranked in the top. But then 15. why run? I'm sorry. Then why run away and not and, and I, okay, I, I shouldn't use the term run away, but why not wrestle that match? Again, I uh, we'll we'll never know why. I, but you know, I think I've I, you've said your piece and I've said my piece. Well, I hope I it's not injury because it went down as a medical forfeit. Oh, I, it wasn't injury. He wrestled today. Well, it went down as a medical forfeit, Brandon. I don't know if he hurt his big toe or something. <laughs> All right. And Ryan went out there and uh, did the same thing, forfeited in the finals um, to Cook from Appalachian State. I, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to me to not see the guys wrestle all the time. And, you know, I know that you get upset with me for complaining about this, but to me, to me it's frustrating. Well, and that's okay. Be frustrated about it. Um, look at it this way. This wasn't even an event that was on their schedule. Jake Ryan was not even, you know, wouldn't in typical situations have gone up and wrestled in this event since he's the starting 157-pounder. Um, you know, but let's face it, he's struggled lately. Um, he, you know, he's been in a rough patch lately. He's had some losses that, you know, little head scratchers lately. So he needed to get up there and get some positive statistics, some good wins under his belt. You know, it's going to help him long-term for seeding purposes. And also, you know, maybe help his, you know, his confidence right now. You and know? that's where you and I can agree. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it was perfect that he wrestled those. I'd like to see him wrestle his final match. Maybe they had to get going. And I don't know. Yeah, we don't maybe know what time it was. Dinner. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, if any of our listeners haven't figured it out yet, Ben was not happy about that situation. Sure. So. Speaking of Ohio State, um, they had a duel today against Northwestern um, that was actually held at Wadsworth High School. Um, pretty anticlimactic, I guess I should say. Um, what was the score of that? Final score was 43-3. to three. It, You know, Northwestern's on, I think, you know, they've got They're, a great coaching staff in place. That they put in place recently, but you know, it, yeah, they're it's definitely be down. Growing pains. They're right? down. It's growing pains. Uh, Buckeyes completely went out. They dominated that total match. Um, I'm pretty sure bonus points were earned at every victory the Buckeyes had, which they won nine out of ten I, weight classes. I think, except for Cody Bercher versus uh, Johnny Sebastian, Bercher beat him seven to six, which is a nice win. No, that is a very nice win, and that's that's a, that's a good point there because um, Johnny Sebastian 
actually just made the drop from 174 to 165 for that match. Um, big, big, big time recruit. One of the top five recruits a few years ago, a couple years ago, um, from New Jersey. Yeah, he, he, he was a huge recruit. Oh, huge recruit. Um, was injured last year. He, he's come back this year undefeated. I think he was about 10-0 and before that match. Um, makes the cut to 165 and then loses to your boy Cody Bercher. You know, my boy Cody Bercher, he's, he's, you know, he's going to put it on people, and that's just the, the nature of Cody Bercher. Um, what do you think's going on with Sebastian dropping? I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I don't know enough about Northwestern's lineup. Maybe he just thinks that it's a better weight for him to All-American at. Maybe maybe he didn't feel totally like you know a big enough 174 pounder. What do you think? <sighs> I, I this one shocked me. I mean, this one really really shocked me. Um, I'm pretty sure that in an interview recently, um, Northwestern's head coach, um, I think Storniolo, Matt Storniolo, yeah, Matt yeah. Storniolo, said that he feels that Johnny Sebastian was going to be an All-American this year. He said that if he did everything right, he could win a national title. Did he really say that? Yeah, I, I, I listened to that on, um, you know, one of the podcasts that we listened to, certainly, yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it's definitely something they're expecting of him when they were recruiting him. But to, to be at a weight class like 174, undefeated, and then suddenly you're making the drop down to 165 where you're running into guys like Isaiah Martinez, Logan Massa, um, Isaac Jordan, um, David McFadden, if he comes back on top of others, I, I just I'm not understanding. Well, 74 the is no, uh, you know, it's it's no um, no easy uh, road to hoe there as well. And you know, maybe we give him a pass on his first time down at 65. And and also, Cody Birch was a solid wrestler. So, look, I'm sorry, but if you're looking to win national titles and be an All American, you can't. I mean, you're not losing the guys like Cody Bircher. Um, don't ever say that in front of my front of my in front of me again. <laughs> like, don't say it in front of me. <laughs> Your man crush with Bircher continues. That sounds super creepy. Uh, but still, I I just don't get it. I, I just don't understand the drop. One seventy four is is kind of a wide open weight. You've got Bo Jordan, Epperly, Valencia, um, Casey Kent, Casey Kent, Robuto, Alex Myers, Ethan Ramos, Leland Weatherspoon. Oh, those are all all Americans, by the way. Yeah, but I'm not seeing any Isaiah Martinez. Isaac Jordan, you've got two finalists at 165. Good point, good point. But, I mean, I think the thing to look at with this duel, and I think you're right about Sebastian, it, it is weird. I don't know enough about it to really, you know, make make a real, you know, conversation about it, but I think that you make a great point. I was bummed. I was really looking forward to a Johnny Sebastian versus Bo Jordan match. It did not happen. And well, I goes think out after and Cody loses to him, I think it would have been good. Um, you know, Northwestern does win one, and it's a local boy. Conan Jennings from Centerville High School. Centerville High School. He beats Josh Fox, who Josh Fox has really taken one for the team. Oh, oh, most definitely. I mean, Fox, uh, consummate team guy. He was giving up so much size to to Conan Jennings in this match. Um, What was the final score of that? Final score is 5-0. 5-0, yeah. You know, kudos to Fox for taking one for the team. But kudos to Conan Jennings for, you know, know, he was a a state runner-up, I think, and from Ohio. Yeah, he was a state runner-up. Or he might have been a state champ. Nope, but, uh, he was a state runner-up. You're right. Um, he's actually the heavyweight here in Ohio that is keeping Kevin Vo, who I believe is one of the top-ranked heavyweights in the country, from being a four-time state finalist in Ohio. Beat you're, him in the semifinals. You're exactly of- right. Um, Kevin Vo from Elyria, 
who's one of the top uh, heavyweight recruits. Uh, Conan Jennings beat him in the semifinals, Conan Jennings' senior year. Um, Vo committed to Boise State, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. So that's really all we have for the uh, Northwestern Ohio State duel. wasn't a ton, really, to talk about there. <laughs> they didn't give us much to talk about. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. There was a match this weekend that gave us plenty to talk about. You ready to do it? You, you want about, to talk about it? Are you talking about that uh, that high school match? Or are you talking about... Uh, oh, you might be talking about Cornell versus Okie State. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. What an excellent duel Friday night. Cornell travels to Oklahoma. They're taking on Oklahoma State Friday night, Oklahoma today. They go into Stillwater, and they gave the, ho- the, the pokes or whatever they're called all they could handle. Um, so it was a great match. It was a great match. And, and, and I want to start, I just want to talk real quick about Noah Ballman, 125 pounds. Sure. All right. Let's do it. He's an Ohio kid. He's from Wadsworth, two-time state champ. He's filling in for the Cornell backup, Dalton Macri. Okay. Macri's had an injury. He's been out so far this year. Um, Ballman's had some nice wins this year. He's, he beat Tay Rao from American. That was yep. a ranked win. He beat McCabe as well. Um, and then he goes out Friday night against 10th ranked Nick Piccinini, four-time state champ out of New York. Uh, I believe he was a flow national champ as well. Um, obviously the heavy favor in this match. And yeah. The rankings happens? would indicate that. And what happens? Well, I mean, um, well, you know, Bob, Pen- Bauman pins him, um, in a, in a uncontrolled fall. But I think what's more important to look at in that match is before Bauman gets the first takedown. Bauman had the only takedown in the match. I think Piccinini did get a takedown. I believe the score was two to two. Piccinini, okay. Piccinini got in deep on a shot. He was struggling finishing those shots. Um, and then obviously, you know, they got into some yeah, scramble, scramble situations situation that led and, to... And Bauman stuck him. In the uncontrolled fall. And that's a nice win for Bauman. It's huge. And I'll tell you what, though. Piccinini looks so good. He has this great misdirection reach single shot that he was getting in deep in so many times he just couldn't finish Bowman, Bowman kept doing this dive roll funk defense yep, yep. and ended up you know going from a very bad position to being in you know the better position between the two um, Piccinini couldn't score the takedown um, and then Bowman got a nice takedown himself off of a Piccinini shot so when I first saw the result I thought uh, you know and I hate to use this term I wonder if Bauman caught him or yeah, something caught him. Yeah. but when I watched the match I mean that was not the case at all no he definitely didn't catch him right it was a scramble and they call it an uncontrolled fall only because they're not giving takedowns in those scramble positions but he was con- he, he was in control yeah he right? was yeah, he was gonna be in control I think he was gonna get the takedown but you know what Good for the ref for calling that uncontrolled fall because wrestlers these days they're they're doing these funk defenses they're putting themselves in, in awkward positions exposing their backs to the mat and it's like look if you're gonna lay on the on the mat on your back flat on the mat even if there's no no established control that's a pin man so okay what happens for Cornell's 125 well, who's taking the spot then Macri's supposed to be back here soon right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know when Macri's coming back. I, I think they would expect him back any time now. Um, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I'm sure Bauman would like to have a chance to, to earn that spot, to win that spot from him. Um, unfortunately, he did go out today against Oklahoma, and he lost his match. He got pinned. He got pinned. Right. And I think another thing is, I was looking at Bauman's results recently. He's got definitely some head scratch, like unranked losses, right? So he's got mm-hmm. some wins. McCabe, you said... Uh, Tay Rao, you said, and Piccinini, you said, but he's mm-hmm. also got some unranked losses, which 
I think you would kind of expect for a freshman, right? Yeah. Freshman's going to be up and down. Right. I think one of the things freshmen struggle with the most is consistent, just being consistent. Um, Which is why I think that they'll go with Macri, to be honest with you. And and it does make sense. I think it it makes sense if they go with Macri. But look, I think Ballman has done enough in his time filling in that he at least deserves a shot to win that spot fair and square from Macri. Hey, as an Ohio boy, I don't disagree. So let's talk about some other matches um, that happened during this this duel because I think there was um, plenty of amazing ones. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. We talked about Cade Brock just a bit ago, but um, he looked phenomenal against Mark Gray. He laid it on him. He I mean, did. He laid it on him. He did. I Majored him, right? Major decision? Oh, yeah. Um, And I don't think they, there was ever any doubt in that match who the better wrestler was. Um, 17 to 6. <laughs> I mean, and he scored a lot of points. He, You know, he hits, he hits a lot of those low single type things, and he hits low doubles, and... You know, it almost reminds me of a little bit of like a Steber attack with those low doubles where he hits up those setups and then just hits them. Did you watch this match? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He, I mean, he's neat to watch because he's, A, he's super quick. Um, His athleticism is off the charts, but he can attack both sides. I mean, he's going misdirection shot one side, ducking the other, um, constantly moving, constantly looking for those angles. And I'll tell you, I, I I would not have said this last week, but after watching him wrestle in that match, I mean, I truly believe he is definitely in the conversation for the top, you know, the top spot at 133. Well, look what he did last year. He was having a great season last year. He pinned Cody Brewer, who was the returning national champ at that weight. And, you know, he also had a couple other wins. And, you know, he got injured wrestling Nashawn Garrett at the Southern Scuffle, and that kept him out. But we don't know what would have happened last year. Probably an All-American. But I'd like to go... If you don't mind, Brandon, I like to go a little transitive property here, which, oh, you know, I love to do. favorite thing. Sure. So uh, a guy by the name of Nathan Tomasello, the 133-pounder from Ohio State, wrestled Mark Gray to an 8-3 to decision at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas uh, okay. championships, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So he wrestles him to an 8-3 to decision. Uh, Kate Brock just goes out there and dominates Mark Gray 17-6. to You read anything into that? No, I'm not. Um, and I actually have a reason. The reason why, okay— Cade Brock does this in a dual meet, a one-match setting on his home court, his home turf, his home mat. Um, obviously, the juices are flowing. He's pumped up. He goes out. He, you know, give credit to him. He he earned that seventeen to six win. The juice might have been loose there. <laughs> um, Tomasello did the, you know, when he wrestled great. It was at the Cliff Keen, oh, the Cliff Keen tournament, Cliff Keen tournament. Excuse me. It was his first match back. His first action back this year after coming back from an injury. Um, he was a couple matches deep into the tournament. Okay, I think he was still trying to figure things out. And, and one of the reasons I say this is because look what he did when he went out in his next competition in the duel against Missouri. Yeah, good point. Destroyed Ironman. Good point. Well, everybody knows that wrestling is completely mathematical and, you know, it's all based on transitive property. But I think there's some other <laughs> awesome matches that we can talk about here. One that I, you know, and we're just going completely out of order here. We're just, a, we're a mess. But I'd like to talk about Brian Robito over Kyle Crutchmer. So that's a little bit of a revenge match, if you don't remember. Crutchmer beat Robito on a late second takedown at the scuffle last year. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Real Buto did not have his best day um, at that tournament because I believe after that he actually got pinned by Chandler Rogers, uh, Crutchmer's teammate as well. <laughs> so he got beat up by the state. If man. not pinned, he got put on his back. Yeah, so, you know, Brian Buto, you know, returning All-American, returning finalist a couple of years ago, uh, goes goes out there and beats Kyle Crutchmer in a, in a match of two, I think, uh, top, you know, top ten at least, if not better, maybe top five guys. Uh, and Robito goes out there and beats him three to two. So that was a fantastic match to yeah. watch. 
it's it's 174 is getting to be pretty interesting. I mean, you got a guy like Real Buto, who's been a finalist before. Um, you know, he obviously loses to Zahid Valencia at Cliff Keen. Um, Crutchmer, who's currently ranked fourth um, on the Intermat rankings, now loses to Real Buto. Um, I, I I can't wait to see how this kind of all shakes out in the rankings and, and how it all shanks out or shakes out at the end of the year. To be truthfully honest with you, um, and, and one more match I'd like to highlight there was Gabe Dean versus Nolan Boyd. And if you remember last year during the duel, Nolan Boyd gave Gabe Dean a loss, and that's true. Gabe Dean didn't look like he looked sick, right? And I think there were some rumors that he was sick, but you know, Gabe Dean never made any of those. Uh, you know, he never made any excuses. But Gabe Dean goes out there and he continues his bonus point streak and majors him. 14 to 6. Yeah, I mean, that's beats a him huge, up. that's huge. I mean, and I watched the match. He controlled every facet of that match. Um, Nolan Boyd is a returning All-American. He took fourth in the country last year. He beat Gabe Dean in a match last year. I think he's currently ranked, what, top four, top five at that weight class? I can tell you here in a minute. You just keep going. And Dean destroys him. I mean, absolutely destroys him. Was taking him down at will. I got Nolan Boyd ranked at six by Intermat. Okay, so six. That's a tough weight, though, right? It's a, oh, obviously, yeah. We've talked about that. Um, so, what level is Dean on right now? Well, that's a great question. I mean, he's majoring everybody, and if it, you, you it's just, you, I love his like snatch single, like his little high single. That yeah, he hits like it's great. He times the guy, and the guy steps right into it. Gabe Dean is an animal, and it's scary. His counter offense is some of the best that I've seen in a long time. I mean, he's he's truly a treat to watch. But you know what? It should be expected because he took third as a freshman, and then he won it the next two sure. years. He's going for that third national championship. I mean, the dude is on another level. He's on a mission right now. He's what's, on, what's the nickname they've given him? What is it? The Destroyer, the destroyer of Worlds? And it, it destroys worlds, and it's... He is. He's destroying everybody's world, and he destroyed my world when he majored Miles Martin. <laughs> Um, oh hey, one um, one more match in yeah, this in this hit match. It, hit it. Brandon Womack versus yeah. Chandler Rogers. Yeah. Chandler Rogers. I mean, I think he's a top five, top six guy at 165 pounds. He gets stuck by Womack, who's a guy who's ranked right around 20th. Um, he gets he gets pinned in a minute and three seconds. Did you watch so it? again, I, yeah. So again, I'm I'm reading the results and I'm thinking, oh man, I wonder if he if he caught him. And again, I hate using that term caught, but um. I go back and I watch the match, and Womack was dominating that match. That, that first minute, he had taken him well, down. Yeah, he took him down with got the Peterson. Back points. Yeah, he took him down with the Peterson, got some back points, and then after that scramble, he locked up a like a low leg cradle mm-hmm. and just. I mean, that looked nasty. Put him on his back and pinned him. Oh, and, there was no getting out of that. Yeah, and, and, no. and it wasn't a catch. No, I and mean, he he worked that move for sure. And I'm if that had been Missouri against Ohio State, I'm pretty sure they would have tapped out. <laughs> are we are we still going with the tap out twins? <laughs> I can't help it. It's so funny. So anyway, um, big time match there. Um, Cornell was actually close to winning this duel. Um, they, I mean, they gave Oklahoma State all they wanted. Oklahoma State is the number one ranked team in the country right now. Yeah, and Cornell was eighth. In, Cornell was by eighth. Internet in both the dual ranking and um, the tournament, tournament ranking. Right. Yeah. You know, they they end up losing this duel to, to Oklahoma State, twenty three to nineteen. Um, I don't know if Cornell is underranked. Well, I don't Palacio know if, didn't wrestle. And you're right, Palacio didn't wrestle. Um, Macri didn't yeah. wrestle, but the but result I mean, didn't Bum, matter. Bum, I, mean, I don't. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure if we want, who would want Macri. Bowman got that pen at 125. So um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. What are you thinking? You think you think Oklahoma State might be overranked, overrated? 
I don't know. I think there were some funky things that happened in this duel, right? I think if you if you see um, Walmack wrestle Chandler Rogers again, does that does that same event event happen? Does Noah Bauman or Macri pen Piccinini again? You know, I don't know because you know you you got a guy like like Cade Brock who has a great win, Dean Heil with a, just a work and like win six to one over um, Rob Cole's son Will Cole, Anthony Colico with a pin. You know, Joe Smith makes his debut, beating Kyle Simas, you know, by major decision. So I'm not sure they're overrated. Well, I mean, I guess they're they're ranked one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I still can see a, a, a reason why they're ranked one, but I, I think that window's closing a little bit. You know, I think that, you know, a couple more results like this and, you know, potentially they, they might not be. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, don't sell Brandon Womack short. Um, you know, he's had some really nice wins this year. Obviously, the the win over Chandler Rogers highlights that. Um, before today, he'd only lost to two different guys this year. He lost to Anthony Valencia twice, and he lost a close one to Austin Matthews from Edinburgh. Um, he did go out today against Oklahoma. He lost in that match to Clark Glass. Clark Glass is currently ranked, I think, seventh at mm-hmm. 165 mm-hmm. pounds. He lost a close match, three to one. But I think Brandon Womack. Clark is, Glass beat uh, Chandler Rogers in right, overtime. Right? right in overtime. Um, I, I think Womack is one of those guys that Cornell always has a couple of these guys that kind of fly under the radar, but then come to perform at the end of the year. So I think Womack might be one of those guys. Cornell's got a squad. But you know what? Really? Talking about Gabe Dean a little bit, I think kind of leads us into our uh, maybe maybe our next topic. And and that is early season Hodge discussion. Are you ready to talk about that? or, or Let's you do not? it. No, let's do it. Early season Hodge talk. Hodge talk. Okay, so you know the, obviously everybody knows that the Hodge is the Heisman Trophy for wrestling. And there's a certain criteria. I don't want to go through it all, but basically it's, like, you know, what's your record? You know, what's your number of pins and how dominant were you and what's your past credentials? And then there's some, you know, sportsmanship and heart um, type things in there. But the, you, Flow Wrestling and The Open Mat both put out uh, discussions, a little bit, you know, some articles about early season Hodge talk. So I thought that it would be interesting to discuss that. Let's do it. Because, okay, so I guess we'll, we'll talk about the first. Gabe Dean, I think, has to be on the top of the list, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's, that's indisputable. So... Uh, you know, Ben, you touched on this. Um, Open Mat and Flow Wrestling put out the kind of the uh, who they would consider the in contention for the Hodge right now. Both their lists were pretty much identical. So their list included Gabe Dean from Cornell, uh, Zane Rutherford from Penn State, Jason Null from Penn State, Bo Nickel from Penn State, um, Isaiah Martinez, Kyle Snyder, um, Thomas Gilman. And Jaden Cox, yeah. and, and I just read Flo's list right sure. there. Sure, and, that, and that's what I—that's what I have written down here. And you know, Gabe Dean is like you said, he's on a mission. He's got a thirteen and zero record with nine pins, one tech, and three major major decisions. That's all bonus. That is all bonus, and not, not only is it all bonus, I mean he has beat top notch competition. He oh, beat, yeah. and I know this doesn't really count, but he he beat NCAA champion Miles Martin at the All Star meet. Bad. He beat um, Zach Zavatsky. Um, in the Cliff Keen finals, bad, like complete domination. Um, he beat Nick Gravina. And it's funny. He's, who's ranked 12th. Who's ranked 12th. And that match, I think, going into the third period w- was very, very close. Oh, and then he just then turned he just it broke, on. Broke it open. Broke. I mean, he's got a pace that can't be maintained. I think he was him. concerned that he wasn't going to major him. And he was like, or, you know, or bonus him. And he's like, oh, my goodness, I need to do that. So then he also has a win over Jordan Ellingwood, too, from Central Michigan. So And Nolan Boyd. You know, and, and now Nolan Boyd, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he's beaten, let's just say, Miles Martin's ranked number five right now, returning champ. Nolan Boyd's six. 
uh, Gravine is 12, uh, Zavatsky's 4, and Ellenwood's 14. So he's beaten 4, 5, and 6, 12, and 14, all by bonus. Um, That's big. Is that conversation? Is the conversation over at this point? I mean, I mean, honestly, if you're given the award out today, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I I don't think there's any dispute on who gets it. It would be Gabe Dean. So here's a question. Well, you know, we can talk about that. Here's a question I have before we dive into the rest of the guys. Does the person that wins the Hodge this year have to go undefeated? It really all depends. I, I mean, I think it depends on the seasons that other potential Hodge candidates are having. I mean, if you have a guy who, um, let's say Gabe Dean slips up and loses a match and, um, you know, he finishes the season 35-1, and one, but he's got a loss. And then he wins the title. All right, and then he wins the title. But you got a guy like Zane Rutherford who goes 35-0, and 0, wins the title. He's got, you know, 25 bonus point I'm victories. Sure. No, I mean... I, I think that one loss affects that. Yeah, I think based on um, the first criteria is record. Yeah, sure. I think, and, and then you have also dominance. Right. I think based on um, the list that you read earlier, and we'll go back through it. Um, I think he's got the best wins so far out of the group, and I think that's I think that's almost undebatable. Four, yeah. five, six. I mean, totally on. agree. Um, and because you look, you got you got the Penn State guys, uh, Rutherford, Jason Nolf, Bo Nickel. They're all undefeated. They all have a lot of pens, a lot of bonus point victories. But they've wrestled nobody. Who have they wrestled? If you look at Rutherford, he hasn't wrestled a ranked, uh, ranked guy. No, uh, Nolf has you know some decent wins over Russell Parsons from Army, I believe. Yeah, he's from Army. And uh, May Bethay from Penn. Um, oh gosh, is he from Penn? You, you asked me too quickly. I'm sorry, Brandon. That's all right. Um, so I mean, yeah, those are ranked wins, or you know, but I don't, I, I wouldn't call them elite or even. They're not elite wins. They're definitely not. Well, elite also wins. you look at it's a little bit of a weaker weight class than 184, which you know they'll take into consideration later on when they're talking about the high. Oh sure, of course. So and then you know got Bo Nickel, who's you know seven pins, one major decision. His only major decisions over um, a guy from Bloomington, uh, Schneider, uh, who's ranked 13th. You know it's a deep weight again. So Bo, you know Bo Nickel's fighting in the same weight class as Dean. Right now he doesn't have the wins, but if you you know. If he beats, if he beats, if Dean and Nickel both go undefeated and they wrestle in the finals, and Nickel beats Dean, there's no way you can give Dean the Hodge over no, Nickel. No, not so. at all, not at all. Um, so who else? You, you got Imar, obviously Imar, who um, you know he's six and zero with a pin, two tech falls, one major decision, one decision, um, but he does have a really nice win against Daniel Lewis. He does. Um, I think right now, you know, his thing. He's only really wrestled in one event. Um, I think the only thing he's wrestled in is the UNI Open, correct? I, I'm not sure. Guys, I know he was coming off of wrestling in the um, the uh, the non non Olympic like world, world team trials, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, so they they also have Kyle Snyder on this list. Um, again, he, he I think Kyle's you know Snyder his thing right now is is just lack of lack of matches. He's 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 four and zero. Three we, pins though. Three pins, which is a lot different than last year. So here's the thing with Snyder, right? He's more of a pinner this year. He does have lack of NCAA competition, but he's going to wrestle more this year from what I've heard than he did last year. Sure. So that might actually bolster him into that competition. If he if he rolls through the – say he goes undefeated, which I think we all think he's probably going to do, mm-hmm. he gets some more pins, and then he majors or tech falls some elite guys. I mean, he already majored Tanner Hall, ranked number four in the country at right. that weight class. Right. If he continues to do that, and say say maybe he gets a major in the finals against the Med Barrier or Walls, mm-hmm. 
he's in the conversation. Yeah, I think he is. And also, when you look at the hot trophy criteria, I mean, number four is past credentials. So who has better past credentials right now? And I don't know if they include, you know, international styles, but he's a returning national champion. He just won Olympic gold. He's won a world gold. Um, I mean, he's got some pretty good pass credentials. He won the Big Tens. <laughs> and he won the Big Tens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Big Tens. I can tell. I can definitely tell. Um, so also on this list, let's see. We've got um, Thomas Gilman from Iowa. Um, 7-0. and He's four pens, three technical falls. Um, his best win to date has been Marcus Simmons. I think Iowa much... Simmons, I think it's 15 on Andromat. Right. Um, Iowa, much like Penn State, has not wrestled much yet this year. Um, or in you know, I, I, you know, much tough competition up to this point. Well, now, let me talk to you about that. that. I also think it's at a little bit of a weaker weight class. I don't think twenty five, one twenty five, is as strong as it's been in the past couple of years. You know, you lose a guy like Nico Megalutis, you lose a guy like Nathan Tomasello. Um, you know, even if he wins the title, who's he beating? The Joey Dance and Nick Siriano, and which you know, obviously, you know, Nick Siriano might be. Who knows? Right? Sure. But so I think that that's going to hurt him. Certainly, he, you know, obviously he's got right now he's you know got some great criteria. He's undefeated with uh, all pins and tacks. But I just don't know with that weight class. I don't see it compared to a a Dean or even like an Imar where it's a really top heavy weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, I think uh, you know another one of the criteria is level of competition. If I'm not mistaken, right? Quality of competition. So that definitely gets taken into consideration. And sportsmanship. And I don't know if you know a little bit about Thomas Gilman, but um, you know he's a he's he's. I'm not sure he's known for his sportsmanship. I should shove guys' heads in the mat after he wins. He did it one time. And slamming down a who was that dude from Missouri back in the day? Um, that he just dropped him. Alan Waters. Yeah. So. So I guess uh, Nathan Tomasello is going to be out of the running for just slamming Ironman in that duel. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have Tomasello on my list right now. <laughs> um, and then lastly on this list, put out by Flow Wrestling, is Jaden Cox, 197 pounder from Missouri. He's a two-time national champion, three-time All-American. He just took bronze in the Olympics. Um, he's six and zero. He's got two pens, one tech fall, two decisions. Um, he does have wins over Jared Hot um, and Colin Moore, and another win over Kevin Beasley yes. as well. Decent so, wins. So he's got you know wins over Hot, who's in, who's in, who's ranked third by Intermat, Moore, who's ranked sixth by Intermat, mm-hmm. and uh, Beasley, who's ranked tenth by Intermat. Granted, two of those wins were really close. So yeah. at, against the elite guys, they were pretty close right. wins. And that yeah, I was gonna say that you know if you if you look at his um, results against quality competition i don't think they've quite been at the level of somebody like gabe deans for sure Sure. does he look the same to you as last year um jaden cox is such an interesting wrestler because when he wants to turn it on he can absolutely dominate um you know and and he dominates from all three positions he can take anybody down at will whenever he wants to he rides super well for a big guy but sometimes it just looks like he's just going out there and just, I don't want to say lackadaisical, but he just doesn't have his foot on the gas pedal, I guess. I, I don't know. whatever. I mean, obviously, whatever he's doing, it works for him. I'm just wondering. He's just if, not as dominant as what he typically is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, you know, he just hasn't had a. Go ahead. Oh. I was oh. going to say, or what he could be. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering at this point whether or not, and he's definitely not checked out, but if he's not, just need, doesn't just need a break. You know, I mean, geez, he wrestled all summer. You know, he took a bronze in the Olympics. 
it's got to be exhausting, you know. And I know some people can handle it, you know, and not not to say handle it, but he's 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 been wrestling a ton. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, he's undefeated. He's you know he's beaten everybody he's faced, and he's you know he he beat the number three ranked guy and the number six ranked guy, and I think the number uh, ten or eleventh guy, whatever yeah. Beasley's ranked. So he's doing all right. Um, so so, do I, we- so w- w- Tell me, what's your list, Ben? What's your list? How do you got them ranked? Well, you know what? Before that, I think do we did, did did those lists miss anybody? Did those lists miss anybody? That would be my question. Um, yeah, I think they've left. You know, there's once at least one person who kind of stands out in my mind who I think they've left off. What about you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I've got two. I've got two. Um, but I'd like to hear your guy first. If I was gonna pick one guy who I think they've left off this weight class, it's Connor Medberry. Okay. And the reason why I say that is Connor Medberry is undefeated. Um, he has, let's see, and I'm just going off a of track wrestling here. Um, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bonus point victories. You know, when everybody's talking about how heavy heavyweights are not scoring points, he's got one, two, three, four, five tech falls, a couple of major decisions. Um, he's not giving up a lot of points either. And then on top of that, he's beaten the majority of the top guys at heavyweight with the exception of Kyle Snyder because he hasn't faced Kyle Snyder yet. He beat Tanner Hall. He's beat Michael Crowells twice, who's a returning All-American. He's beaten Ty Walls, um, not only at the All-Star match, but also in the Las Vegas finals. Um, so I, I think Medbury deserves some consideration out there right now. And I don't disagree with you. I think that if, if Medbury wins the NCAA title, um, he's going to have a you know huge oh, consideration. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you go, you know, obviously he's going to have to beat Kyle Snyder unless unless you know something else happened. Um, and when look at the looking at Medbury's statistics, he has four matches where he has scored at least fifteen points, and his opponent scored zero. And then he has another match. I'm sorry, another two matches where he scored 10 and 11 points and his opponent scored zero. And two of those guys are returning All-Americans. Who, who are they? I'm oh, sorry. Crowell. In one match, it was a returning All-American. It was Crowell's. Well, yeah. I mean, the dude's scoring points for a heavyweight, right? Yeah. He looks good. I don't yeah. know if a lot of people know this, but, you know, Medbury, you know, he took an Olympic red shirt last year. He was actually Kyle Snyder's training partner at the Olympics, you know, he went to Rio to train with Snyder to get him ready for the Olympics. Um, and then also last year during his, during his Olympic red shirt, you know, he went overseas a lot, trained a lot with other clubs over there. Um, I think it's kind of showing in his wrestling this year. He's looking really good. Well, and he's big. I mean, he is big. Yeah. He, yeah. he I, I, I like that. I like that pick. And you know who I thought they missed? Honestly, Joey Dance from Virginia Tech. And really? let me, t- let me really? tell you why. Yeah, let me tell you why. He's 10 and 0. At least that's what, you know, track wrestling has met. With wins over Russell from Edinburgh, times two. So we've got two wins over Russell, who's ranked 12th. Uh, a dominating win over Peters, who's ranked third. So let's talk about this. He's ranked, Joey Dance is ranked second, and he's got a dominating win over the third ranked guy. Acid, who at the time was ranked, he's not ranked anymore. And Rodriguez from Ohio State, who's ranked 10th. So he's 10 and 0 with one, two, three, four, five ranked wins. All right. Well, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to disagree with you here. Um, look, Dance has had a good season. He's undefeated. I think it stops right there. And the reason why I say that is basically he has had no dominating wins, with the exception of he tech falled Devin Brown from West Virginia. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they also wrestled again today um, in the duel. And I think he may have pinned him he today. Him. So he pinned him today. Um, Devin Brown's not a ranked guy. Um, his other dominating win was Vlad Kazakov from Nebraska Kearney, which is a Division II school. Um, the acid that he beat. Why you gotta was, hate on the Division II school? I'm not hating on him. Just let me finish here. The acid that he beat was Aaron Acid, the backup from Missouri, not the starter Austin from Michigan. Oh, I so that I'm one. not impressed with that <laughs> I win at that all. One. Um, I, he he. Let's see. He beat Marcus Simmons four to nothing, Sean Russell four to two and three to one. Those aren't dominating wins. Dalton Henderson from VMI seven to one. Um, yes, he's got a nice win against Dylan Peters. He beat him eight to three, and I think that was Peter's, you know, one of his first competitions back from having an injured knee again. Yeah, he petered out. But anyways, no. So I'm just not. I'm not seeing the dominance here. Well, record is a one of the top criteria. So you're right, but you know, we were talking about Thomas Gilman earlier, and you were using the argument that it's not a very deep weight class, not real good. You know, is that going to affect him? Look, He's, I was, I was, I was uh, talking you up when you brought Medbury up, just giving you like a really, you know, making you feel good about it. Now you're just beating me down on dance. Ben, you're an attorney. You of all people should understand that this is what a debate is. <laughs> Did Joey dance win the NCAA title at uh, 125 pounds? Oh, you're putting me on the spot with that. He's beating Gilman, I believe. Here we go. Could he? Yes. Joey Dance can beat anybody on any given day that he wants to beat. Is he going to do that? No, I don't think so. I don't think he wins the title this year. And he's got trouble at the NCAA tournament. He places, I think, fourth as a freshman and then, you know, goes uh, DNP the last two years. Right. You know, something something always happens to him at the end of the year um, come the national championship time. Um, I, I No, I don't see him winning the weight class, and quite honestly, bud, D- disagree with you. I don't see him in the Hodge dog. You see him, you see him as an All American, though. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Thank it, you. It's... Finally, finally, you d- you agree with me about something. <laughs> finally, you agree with me about something. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yes, Ben. I do think besides the fact All-American. that you rigged the um, the fantasy wrestling league. Don't get off it. So anyway, who, who else you got? You think anybody else has left off this potential Hodge list? You know, in my notes, I have Nick Seriano, but the more I read about it, the less I. I, I agree with it. He's eight and zero with a one pen, one fall, three majors, and then three decisions. Right? He's he's beaten Shram at three to zero, which to me seems less impressive now that Shram's bumped up. And let me tell you that why. Because you know maybe he beat him when you know Shram's completely sucked out, and then he beat Darian Cruz seven zero, which is a legit win. You know probably shouldn't be considered yet. And also freshmen are really hard um, to win a Hodge. The past four Hodge winners have been seniors, and the past seven out of eight Hodge winners have been seniors. And I got that stat from the open mat. So if we're talking about seniors, you know, I think that it's, I think it's more clear now that the past four have been seniors. So I have a list, if you don't mind me reading it real quick. And here's, here's who I have right now if I had to give the Hodge out. Uh, big surprise, number one's uh, Gabe Dean. Number two's Imar, and I think he's got a nice bonus rate, and I think he's got one of the best wins against Daniel Lewis. Uh, three's Nickel, and I think it's because he's pinned so many people, and he majored a ranked opponent. Four is Nolf, Pins and Tex, and he's, you know, he's beat two ranked opponents. Rutherford, Gilman, and Snyder. And I, I can't believe I have Gilman over Snyder, but I do. And then Cox, nice wins, but such a low bonus rate. And then finally I have Dance. Not a, lot of, not a ton of bonus, but some nice wins. What about you? Okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess if I was going to make a list, um, and I would rank them in this order, I suppose. Um, number one, obviously we've already discussed this, Gabe Dean. I mean, his... 
the level of dominance that he has displayed this year, I think he's on. He's kind of on that David Taylor level when the year David Taylor won the Hodge. Um, after that, oh man, even though has not had the schedule to really um, support it, I think I know where he will end up at. You're going Rutherford. It's going to be Rutherford, um, followed by Nolf. I would definitely put Nolf in there third. Um, and then from there, I think you can rank uh, Gilman, Snyder, um, uh, Isaiah Martinez. You're down on nickel, huh? Oh, gosh. I don't like that guy. Whoa. Oh, it, hold on. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that's... All right, hold on. Let's, let's, let's backtrack that. Why, why do you... Why, I want to know why you don't like him, because he seems like a fine person to me. Well... <laughs> You've met him. You've hung out. I mean, I don't know. He's never done anything to me. All right. Let, okay. Let, let me just say this. Dean, number one, I guess after that, based off of their sheer dominance so far against inferior competition, you can put Rutherford, Nolf, and Nickel in any order that you want, two through three. I'm sorry, two through four. Yeah. And then after that, again, any order that you want, you've got Gilman, Kyle Snyder, um, Isaiah Martinez. I, I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm putting him here just yet, based off of that one tournament. But I, I'm going to go ahead and include Connor Medberry in there as well. I'm surprised that you have uh, Imar below the the Penn State guys after he's uh, had some a high bonus rate so far and a really nice win against Ben Lewis from Missouri. Yeah, no, I mean, I, the the point can be made. I I think he's just wrestled so little this year, just one event. Yeah, so Snyder. Um, Snyder's only wrestled in one event. No, but he's wrestled. He's wrestled less matches. Actually, oh yeah, than Isaiah. Yeah, of course. Um, I, you know who we should look at? Let's look at this real quick. All right, I'm down. Um, Logan Massa. Look at his <laughs> credentials. Yeah. Okay. So far, let's check him out. And granted, that's a top heavyweight class, right? He's undefeated, mm-hmm. right? He's undefeated. Um, he has wins against Bethay from Virginia. I don't know if that really counts as an elite. Obviously, well, not, not an elite guy, right? Um, so he's got wins against Clark Glass, who's ranked, Isaac Jordan, who's obviously ranked, Anthony Valencia. You're making a good point here. Um, you know, he's got some other solid wins against the likes of Brandon Kingsley from Minnesota. Um, yeah. he, he scores bonus. I'm looking here what we tech falls, major decisions, uh, quite a few tech falls. How many bonus point victories does he have? There? He's got a lot. He's got he a, does lot. Have a I think, lot. I think they doubled up on the Las Vegas here on this right. point. But no, he's got a lot. I think that, okay, so he beats Imar, you know, and he finishes the season undefeated, winning the title. He might be the exception to the rule. Remember what I just said that, you know, a freshman hasn't won it, you know, in a while. Um, Who was the last freshman to win it? I, I don't know. Neither do I. I don't know. It's funny. I have this, <laughs> I have this book here in front of me that I just got delivered in the mail. The History of Collegiate Wrestling. Um, I just picked that up from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame.org. Yeah. I bet it has that in there. Yeah, I bet it does too. So I don't know. You know, my only thing was the past four Hodge winners and seven of the last eight have been seniors. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, and that brings us back to the question, does someone have to go undefeated to win the Hodge? Because we have some serious candidates here. You know, if Gilman goes undefeated and nobody else does, how do you give the Hodge to someone else? 
Yeah, even I if they agree. have a better bonus rate. Right, I agree. No, I totally agree. Um, the interesting thing will be, because I think this is going to be one of those years where we may have three or four guys undefeated and win national championships. Um, and then I think they're really going to have to get down into their the other criteria, you know, the, the level of competition, obviously the bonus point victories, um, past credentials. I think it could be real interesting how it plays out this year. So let's talk about who can go undefeated on that list. Okay. And I'll say the name, and then you just tell me yes or no. Gabe Dean. Absolutely. Zane Rutherford. Absolutely. Could he bonus his way through the entire season? Him above all other people, yes. I agree with you. I mean, Sorensen's number two, right? Yeah. And, you know, he's bonus, bonused him once. Okay. Jason Knopf, could you go undefeated? Yes. Could Bo Nickel go undefeated? In a tough weight. Well, if I have said that Gabe Dean will go undefeated, I'm going to say that Bo Nolf cannot, or Bo Nickel cannot go undefeated. Martinez, Isaiah Martinez, can he go undefeated? I think it is a definite. Uh, yes, 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 absolutely. Kyle Snyder? Yes. Thomas Gilman? Yes. And Jaden Cox? Yes. So we're looking at a lot of undefeated champs here. But, That's going to be a real interesting conversation when it comes to the hot. Right, but when I say people like, you know, Jaden Cox can go undefeated, and Isaiah Martinez can go undefeated, um, it's a little different than when I say, you know, Gabe Dean, I do believe, is going to go undefeated. Well, then he's your Zane high. Rutherford, I believe, is going to go Ooh. undefeated. Um, I believe that Jason Nolf will go undefeated. You know, but look at Thomas Gilman. I mean, even though 125 is thinned out, one of the, one of, one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most this year is Gilman, Thomas Gilman versus Nick Seriano. January you know, 20th. That's going to be a big battle, big match. Um, you know, another match is going to be Isaiah Martinez versus Logan Massa. Sure, and That's Isaiah, be... I think Isaiah versus also um, versus Zeke too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but obviously Jordan, you know, Isaiah or Isaac Jordan already has a loss, so it kind of to, loses a little bit of the luster. Loses I was some of the luster, there. but I think that I think that Zeke could probably compete with him. Sure. Um, so yeah, when I say that those guys can go undefeated, you know, even Jaden Cox, you know, I think he can go undefeated. I think it's probable that he will. But Brett Farr from Minnesota has been looking lights out this he year. Has been. So let's just say let's let's cut it down to two because I think that in the end, Gabe Dean, Zane Rutherford. If Gabe Dean goes undefeated and Zane Rutherford goes undefeated, and let's say Zane has a higher bonus poten- or bonus rate, but Gabe Dean's obviously running through one eighty four. Who's your Hodge? The Hodge to me would go to Gabe Dean. I agree with that, I, especially because I think that the, I think the committee would look at hey Zane's got another year to win it. Yeah, possibly. So, um, so yeah, good stuff, man. No, that's a great. That's a great Hodge talk. All right, so wrapping things up here. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we've got some big, big college wrestling going on. This is actually one of my favorite times of the year. We've got the Midlands coming up at the end of December, and we have the Southern Scuffle coming up at the beginning of January. Um, ben and I will definitely be looking forward to talking about that stuff. Uh, did you hear about how the Midlands uh, rejected uh, Mark Hall? Oh, I did. <laughs> Look, I, and I love I love getting on the message boards and reading about stuff. And um, I think it was the Matt.com forums. Do you rile them up on the message boards? Do you no, get on there and rile people No, up? I don't do that. But I think it was the Matt.com forum where the Penn State fans were just like, livid about this thing. I mean they felt disgraced like how dare you leave Mark Hall out of the Midlands and I think it's bull crap I think he should be in the Midlands oh we're gonna have to disagree on this why one too. well my thing is this registration ended like five weeks ago sure okay they've been turning down people for the last five weeks since registration closed and I'm wondering who they've been turning down but why make an exception for Mark Hall well because Mark Hall's the number one recruit in the country and he's pretty darn legit I think it, I think I think 
he makes your tournament so much better than those other people. And I'm, granted, I don't know the list of the other people, but he makes your tournament so much better. So if Bruxy from Central Michigan wants to get in the tournament, should they let him in too since he beat Mark Hall this year? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see them wrestle again. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, I'm asking the question. Where do you draw the line? I, I get that they stood fast on their laurels, right? Yes. But I think that, you know, anytime you can add Mark Hall to a tournament, I, th- I think you have the ability to do it, and I think you have the defense to do it. I think you can say, look, he's Mark Hall. Yeah. Uh, this will be another subject junior that we champ. agree to disagree on. He's a junior world champ. All right, all right. So anyway, lots of good stuff coming up in the next few weeks, uh, wrestling-wise. Can't wait to talk about it. Listen, we are on Twitter, at the Inside Trip one Please t- tweet us feedback questions comments anything that you want us to talk about yeah, you can talk shit if you want i don't give a, you don't can give a crap. yes please talk as much shit about ben as you want yeah just about me though <laughs> about, did you know that the inside trip there's an acronym for the inside trip oh, and boy. it's a uh, t-i-t and did you, did you know if you spell it backwards it's the same as it is forward <laughs> okay <laughs> on that note so write that down so, we are out yeah thanks for listening peace out I think we did good. We're still recording. (laughs) 